You're listening to Indiana SRN, God's Word 24-7, and sports. This is Behind the Stripes. Thank you for joining us as we take an honest look at the men and women we call officials, the professionals who make it possible for us to enjoy the games we love. They are the authority on the field, on the courts, on the diamonds, and on the ice. Behind the Stripes is here to support our officials, athletic directors, coaches, players, and fans by bringing attention to good sportsmanship, strong leadership, selfless teamwork, and respect for others on and off the playing field. Now, let's join our host, Keith Myers, and his guests for today's show. It is Behind the Stripes, week 17. Thank you very much, everybody, for listening, and we're glad that you're involved with us. If you would like to have questions or have us help you in any way, please contact us at brenda at officiallyhuman.com. Or you can reach me at coach at indianasrn.org. You can follow us on Twitter at indianasrn. This week, we have a great guest from New York State. It's Eric Bennett. He's athletic director. He's the uh, football coach. He's also an official. And he he sent us water this week, which is really good. So he's been our water boy this week, Brenda. Yes, yes. Eric, thank you so much for joining us today. Um just a little bit about Eric and I, we met over, gosh, Eric, was it November, December last year when we got connected on a a PSA that you helped produce? Yeah, it was right about that time frame for sure. Yep. Yeah. So um, he has this amazing PSA that we'll, we'll talk about um, a little bit later in the show and uh, just very, very happy that he was able to join us today because he brings it a high school coach's perspective, but also the athletic director perspective and how his area is going to be dealing with the shortage of officials. And obviously right now there's uh, no games going on. So happy to have you on here, Eric. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here. Thanks. Um, so to get us started off, just tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got into your current position and uh, all the other fun things that you're working on right now. Sure. Um after about a decade away from uh, my hometown, I moved back to Saranac Lake um, 2001 as an English teacher. Uh, started volunteering to coach with uh, former coaches that I had in high school. And, you know, just sort of climbed my way through the, the uh, high school coaching ranks here in town. Um, had a great opportunity under Coach Mark Farmer. He really showed me a lot about the organization of the game and, and the work that needs to go into being successful. Um, and so in 2010, I took over as the, the head football coach. Um, 2013, um, our district was looking for athletic directors, so I signed up for that. And um, I've been doing that since. And just this year, I actually took on the um, section chairperson for football uh, for Section 7 in New York State. So, um, yeah, that's kind of how I got here professionally. And it's, it's, uh, it's an exciting time, I can tell you that. Well, I'm in trouble, Brenda. He's an English teacher, so I'm in trouble already. But, Eric, uh, the question I have for you, how do you juggle all those hats, and do you find it very difficult to get all these schedules done and also coach on Friday night? It's definitely a challenge. There's no question about that. Um, The amount of logistics that go into athletics, as you know, uh, seem to be never-ending. And I do feel like the, the position has changed vastly probably over in the last decade, but certainly since, you know, the old days, the 80s and the 90s, 
Uh, we've got more um, state events to, to take care of. Uh, there's more participation, which is great. For our school, we have a, we have a lot of sports. Um, and then you're always juggling the social media, the parents, um, you know, and then inclement weather on top of everything. And then to make it all super interesting, a, a global pandemic throws a real wrench into uh, scheduling and, and organizing athletics. Hey, Eric, one of the things that you just mentioned and it um, sparked a question in my mind. So uh, apologies for the digress here. Um, earlier this year, it was probably November, December. So last year, um, I was kind of going through social media of a, a couple of the different high school associations. And um, there was a there was a tweet on there from a parent to the whole parent organization and basically just annihilating the officials because they made a bad call in the first quarter of the game. I think it was even in the first four minutes. And um, eventually the, the high school association had to get involved in it. And so do you see a lot of that from your parents' perspective where they're going out on social media and doing stuff like that? You know, I've seen parents approach, try to approach officials after games. I can't say that I've seen it too much in social media, but I just try to stay away from that. Um, anyway, because my feelings will get hurt if I look at it too much. Um, <laughs> so I uh, I just kind of try to avoid that as much as possible and just use it for communication purposes to put our message out there. Um, okay. Certainly, I do know that we've had officials that were been accosted in like a grocery store months after a season, and they're no longer coach or uh, no longer officiating. So yeah, it's not worth it to them, um, and I don't blame them. But it's too bad because we desperately need them. You know, you talk about right. officials that, that, you know, sometimes they just don't – people don't leave the game alone. I mean, the game is over. Everybody's going home. The game is over. And I think that's the problem that we have with fans. And I, a lot of that is just the social media. I think you're right, Brenda, because they just – it broils up again. As an official, Eric, how do you handle a game situation uh, that you had to make a crucial call with – no time left on the clock, but you have to make that call because you're the official. Because if you let it go, the other side would be uh, complaining as well. How do you how do you determine um, that, and how do you stay away? You say you try to stay away from social media, other than maybe communication. Is that is that what you would recommend to all officials? I think that's a personal choice and what they're willing to to deal with or, or endure. Um, but for clarification, I am not an official. Um, oh, I, but I, but certainly, um, I feel for, for those uh, officials making those tough calls and, um, we just have to accept that that's what, that's, what's going to happen when we have sports that are, um, officiated by being humans, officially human. And so the, and I'll give you an example. I totally stole this idea, but as athletic director, I have signs all around our district fields. Um, they're in red and white. Those are our school colors, but they basically say caution players, playing, playing officials, uh, players, playing coaches, coaching officials, officiating mistakes will happen, remain calm. And that's kind of the message I want to get out is look at nothing ever is perfect. And for us to start, you know, lambasting one person because we think they've got some sort of bias against our team, um, it's, it's foolish. And so I just want to try to get people, have people keep thinking about these are just human beings. They're doing the best they can. And without them, we've got nothing. So we have to do everything we can do to support them and build them up as opposed to tearing them down. 
you know, you needed those signs when I started officiating because I could have posted those all over my car and everything else, and people would probably might have left me alone. They may have. Yeah. They may have. <laughs> well, you know what? They would look really good with an official, officially human logo on there it. You go, just, there you go. There you go. They would just wrap it all up nicely. Right. right. There's the marketing <laughs> for you. There's Brenda Hilton at her best. <laughs> yeah. Go we'll try to, I mean, like in our gym, we've got right next to our American flag, a huge banner that says we respect officials. And then on the other side of the flag, it says, you know, a class and character. So we just try to, you know, if there's anything that the last few years have taught me is that messaging actually really works. Yes. And um, the more the more that we can get out, um, and I'm not necessarily expecting fans to necessarily police themselves. I think that's a big ask, but I'm hoping that fans that might be quick to comment or say something aloud might sit on it now a little bit as we move forward and try to really develop a culture of of respecting the officials and seeing where they're coming from. Good point. And I'm I'm not holier than thou. I've lost my mind on an official before <laughs> that I'm not proud of, and um, you know, and and. I, whatever, I guess I apologize after, but things happen. I get that. But I think we got to look for patterns and routines in determining behaviors and, and uh, how we can best curb those. Well, to, to be perfectly transparent, I've refereed for a long time and I also coached and I tried to referee the game while I was coaching and I learned that I can't do that. Right. Right. Yeah. For sure. Um, I, I, I might have been one of those fans yelling at you, Keith, I'm just saying. I know. That <laughs> no. You probably took my win and not chose too. So. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> well, Eric, you know, um, one of the things that I've always been so impressed with you once we really got to know each other is just your transparency on, on the way that you treat, you know, fellow, fellow coaches and, and the officials. And one of the things that Keith and I talk about a lot with all of our guests is just – continuing to raise awareness. And that's one of the reasons that we wanted to have you on here because the different perspective from a coach's view. So when, when you're, when we're talking about that, I, I'd like to ask you when you're talking to your kids um, preseason and you're talking to your parents preseason, um, how do you message to them what each of their roles are in, in a competition? For our kids, you know, it's pretty simple. We have a clearly, a clearly communicated game plan that we set forth. Um, what I'm really excited for, for the next time I can coach football, um, is I've been doing a lot of reading and, and got a lot of interest from uh, Randy Jackson's culture books. I don't know if you've looked at those. Yep. Mm -hmm. um, but just the idea of establishing core values, but then what he calls the daily fist fight with them, which I've done as a coach in the past. I said, okay, this is going to be our theme this year, and maybe the first Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday we talk about it, and then all of a sudden it's a Friday and then it's the following Monday, Thursday, and the next thing you know, it's kind of lost. And one thing that um, I really liked about the book was just attributing a day to each core value and then making sure that there's a concerted effort, the daily fistfight to, to address those. And I think through those um, postings of core values and really continually um, you know, processing them and, and discussing them that we can bring that level of civility from our players and that they understand, which is our general message that these people are here to help us and that they should never ever take it upon themselves to think that they are in charge of correcting an official. It's part of the game. It's part of life. We all make mistakes. So to that end, um, with parents, I just try to tell them, Hey, look at mistakes are going to happen. We all know that if there's an issue, pick up the phone and call me. 
and I can, even if you think it has to do with an official, let's talk about it and I can see what I can do through my channels. Um, you know, I find that whether it's, you know, an email chain going back 15 times where lost a lot, lot where a lot is lost in translation or someone's firing away on Facebook or Twitter, you know, that's not really productive at all. So to me, if it means enough to you that you feel like you want to reach out and, and blast somebody, then let's pick up the phone and talk because I think that just that back to human connection is probably the best way um, to maintain relationships and, and get people moving in the same direction. You're listening to Behind the Stripes, brought to you by Officially Human. If you'd like to contact Brenda, you can contact her at Brenda at OfficiallyHuman.com. You can reach me at coach at IndianaSRN.org. You can follow us on Twitter. Uh, before we go to halftime, uh, Coach, a question I have for you. As the athletic director, do you hire the officials or are there assigned officials uh, to all your games? They're all assigned. Uh, we have a signer for each sport. And, you know, we, we actually, for instance, in Saranac Lake, we're the biggest geographic school district in New York State. Um, we're massive, uh, but we're only a, we're a small school. Our, our total population is probably about 5,000 for our town. So sometimes officials are based on pure geography. Um, you know, there's, there's a means for evaluating officials for when it comes time to sexual for, for sectionals to figure out, you know, what works and what doesn't in terms of teams and, and personalities and things like that. So our signers do make an effort to, to put the best officials for the particular game forward. We're approaching halftime. We'll take a break. When we come back, a lot more for you. You're listening to Behind the Stripes on Indiana SRN, where you're always in the game. It's halftime at the Behind the Stripes podcast, powered by Indiana SRN, underwritten by the IHSAA and the Indiana Officials Association. If you would like to be a part of our sponsorship, please contact us at info at indianasrn.org. We want to hear from you. Contact Keith Myers at coach at indianasrn.org or Brenda at brenda at officiallyhuman.com. Now let's join Keith for the second half of Behind the Stripes, powered by Indiana SRN. Do you want to hear your favorite team on IndianaSRN.org? It's easy to do. Calling all the play-by-play -play and colored commentary. High school sports along with U Sport, Mr. Wizard is waiting for your call. Contact him at 317-443-0052. We're ready for every touchdown, basket, and goal. Contact Mr. Wizard, 317-443-0052. Becoming a licensed sports official is a great way to make a positive difference in the community and support the over 160,000 Indiana student-athletes that participate across 21 IHSAA sports. Sports officiating allows you to stay connected to the game, become a role model for our young student-athletes, earn extra money, and support the patrons and communities of our IHSAA member schools. To learn more about becoming a licensed IHSAA official, log on to IHSAA.org officials today. You're listening to Indiana SRN, God's Word 24-7, and sports. Back with the second half of Behind the Stripes, Keith Myers, Brenda Hilton, as with us is Eric Bennett. And uh, Eric, it's uh, been a very interesting conversation, uh, especially as a football coach 
and as an athletic director, your insight about the officials. And, Brenda, one of the things that I uh, was made aware of is uh, Eric didn't take uh, this time off. He developed a league. And talk, uh, talk to us a little bit about uh, how what you developed for your community, Eric. Sure. So um, I've got a third grader, and last year we played flag football in our local North Country League. And uh, the league that was up here um, is comprised basically of all the schools that, that do play football. Um, third and fourth grade and fifth and sixth grade were 11 on 11 full contact. And I wasn't really sure I was going to let my kid play that. The league um, didn't happen this year because of, of the COVID thing and, and travel and whatnot. So uh, a friend of mine and I, uh, we looked into the USA football development model and we moved forward with that, uh, working pretty closely with them. And we've started a new league that really, you know, kind of follows the Olympic model. It tries to meet kids where they are skill-wise and provide them sort of um, a really solid foundation as you build athletic skill, not just a football player. You know, I think about when, when I was a kid and how you could, you know, you could play tackle football at lunch or um, any number of field games that involved hitting the turf and, and you learned how to roll almost intuitively when you were going to the ground. And I think there's some kids that just don't have that nowadays. So we're, we're getting right down there and we're learning how to roll on the ground and how to tumble and, and those basic core movements. Um, you know, you look at uh, youth baseball, you don't take kindergartners, first graders and start fast pitching at them. It's just, it's not appropriate for where they are. And so just like the T-ball and coach pitch model, for instance, in third and fourth grade this year, our kids are really excited. They just got their helmets last night and um, we'll be doing padded flag eventually. So yeah, the kids are going to cool. start learning. Yeah, they're going to learn how to catch with a helmet on, throw, tumble, et cetera. Then we'll integrate, take the helmets off. We'll learn a couple nights of movement with shoulder pads. Then we'll put it all together and then we'll start um, having our games. And, and uh, you know, it's a non-contact league, especially with the COVID thing happening this year. But uh, we're really looking forward to, to seeing these kids and the amount of parents that said, you know what, my kid wouldn't be playing if it was tackle has, has really said a lot. And our numbers are way up from what our teams were last year in the other league. That's that, pretty cool. That's amazing. And yep. yeah. And, and to think outside the box like that, I, I, I applaud you and, and your friend. Um, speaking of officials on, um, you know, these games that were happening, I know that in a lot of states they're moving comp, uh, seasons to the spring and in your area of New York, do you think there's going to be an issue with officials who work multiple sports and trying to secure those for games? There could potentially, I mean, if, if we do have volleyball and we're able to be inside um, come March 1st, the end of that, or they're calling fall two season here in New York, the end of that season may overlap with your softball, volleyball, traditional, sorry, softball, baseball, traditional spring sports. And so, there could potentially be some um, games that might not happen because of an overlap or, or um, too much really going on in the moment, given the sports we're offering. Will there be no football at all in New York State then this year? So fall two, which is uh, for volleyball and football, is, is tentatively scheduled to begin March 1st. Um, that kind of goes back to the one-size-fits-all argument that I was, I've been trying to make is that you know, Long Island is five hours south of us. Um, that March 1st is a much different animal there than it is way up here. And um, 
we will do everything we can to provide that season for our kids. But I believe that we should be honest with our kids because I don't feel like there's enough of that going on. And it's just not likely that we're going to be able to do that March 1st. We, we typically, for our, for our spring sports, you know, they usually start early March. We're in the gym all March and into April before our fields are, uh, let alone dry, just cleared from, from ice and snow. So it's going to be a challenge. We'll do everything we can. We're hoping for the warmest winter on, on record. And, um, you know, hopefully it works out, but I'm a little bit skeptical that um, we're going to have a season. You know, Eric, in hey. Indiana, uh, um, we are now 95% of the teams are now playing football. Uh, we are now, we're approaching week six uh, for football. Uh, just uh, three weeks left of the regular season and in sectional play. Uh, it seems like uh, they're doing it right. We're doing it right, taking our time, those types of things. I think the state association has done a nice job of educating not only the fans, but the uh, the players and the teams, but the athletic directors have got an understanding that the only way we're going to play is stay safe. Uh, what is your take uh, with uh, the COVID? How, are your kids going to school? How is those being developed? And how are, can you start your spring season, hopefully uh, in March? Uh, what precautions do you have to make? We're, uh, you know, our, our district is taking the health and safety of our kids very seriously. They are um, split into uh, hybrid and remote. There, it's a hybrid, remote, in-class learning model. So our kids, if they choose to, um, are coming to school two days a week, and then they're remote the other days. And we had to do that just in order to split the population of kids to get them further split to be the appropriate distance in each classroom, but then also have the staff to cover everything. Um, so. And, you know, and they're masked all day. And so I think that the, I don't really see our, our district per se being the holdup for, for these. I think for us in March, it's purely going to be weather because I do feel confident that our district's doing things the right way um, to keep everybody healthy and to prevent an outbreak. But we have decided, uh, our district has decided, and this kind of goes back to your comment earlier, that if there's a positive case in our district, the first time we are going to close for 14 days. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Yeah. Hey, um, just switching gears here one second. I want to make sure that we're able to get get this question in and talk about this. Obviously, the way you and I were connected back in November, December was through a PSA that you helped develop and produce and starred in. So I um, want to talk a little bit just about how you came to you know how you came up with that concept and um how you got it all done sure um we had gone to a spring concert or winter concert something to that effect and i was sitting there and just thinking to myself wow there's a lot of parallels here between athletics and in the arts and, and we obviously know that um i do like the nfhs's new uh calling them instead of extracurriculars, co-curriculars because mm -hmm. of the lessons they impart. Right. So that's pretty, that's a pretty cool concept. But I was just looking at it and noticing it's not too different running a concert than it is running a team. Uh, you know, it's very clear that there were better, some performers were better than others and they got lead roles and there were some kids that were seated right up front. And I don't know if it was kids earning their stripes in the back or that was just the logistics of the stage or whatnot. Um, but I then started thinking, well, you know, if, if there's, these parallels between 
you know, who the star is, quote unquote, and who's trying to work up to the ranks, et cetera, et cetera. I said, there's got to be some parents out there that um, respectfully disagree with the lead or where their kid is or whatnot. But I wasn't hearing that in the audience. And I thought, man, well, that would be what a stark contrast if we could have a, a situation like this where what you would hear in the stands was sort of coming through at a concert for kids. And so I just started playing, playing with that idea. And then um, Kirk Sullivan lives in town here or he was visiting and coming back and, and he's produced a bunch of stuff and he gets pitched ideas all the time. I threw it out and he's like, man, I really like that. And from there, it kind of just uh, our district was, was um, flexible enough to allow our kids to help us with the production of it. It was cool for them to see an actual, you know, all the lighting and stage and, and rollers or whatever they call that for having a smooth camera moving up and down the aisle. Um, it was really a great experience, and uh, it was actually a, an interesting metaphor and juxtaposition against um, the music world with athletics. Yeah, it's Pretty it's cool. incredible, and, it and you've been uh, kind enough to let us share that, so thank you very much. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm really excited, too. The NFHS just picked it up, and they're yeah. going to be sending it out to their um, different states with their with each state's logo. So it's kind of, it's really it's really cool. Yeah, we're yeah. excited about it. It's the last question, Brenda. I'm going to take the last question, and this is going to be a 30-second question uh, answer for you, Eric, easily. Uh, with your league, your football league, so are they playing games uh, in that league? And if so, is there concession stands, and do they have nachos in the concession stand? <laughs> we, uh, we, we, unfortunately, no, we do not have a concession stand oh. because, you know, we want, we're very COVID conscious here. Oh, uh, it's tough to eat nachos through a mask. Um, <laughs> pretty easy for me. I do it every Sunday. <laughs> um, but no, you know, what's, what's really cool is like, so for instance, we have 30 kids for our grades three through four, which right. for our, for our little place, we're pretty excited about. And I think the parents are really excited because we're going to, we're going to constantly mix the teams throughout the season. So we don't have one team that's dominant. And really, we just want to make it about the game and having fun more than uh, winning the proverbial third-grade trophy. So we're, we're really looking forward to it. Okay, Brenda, it is the time for the last question. It is yours. I just, you know, I, if I don't mention nachos, you would be upset with me every week. Is that a thing? you got to get nachos in there somehow? <laughs> you, you, if, yes. If, Eric, if you just knew me, I, I go to the game when I get preparation for my games – the first thing I do before we go on the air is get a bag of popcorn and an order of nachos and a Diet Coke. Look at you. Oh, that sounds delicious. Broadcaster's yes. dream. <laughs> yes. Yes. So um, I, I think the last question that I'll, um, I'll leave you with is, is there a shortage of officials in your area of New York? There is a, there is a shortage, yes. Okay. Yep. Okay. And, all right. Well, I think at, at the end of the day, we just need to all work together to promote officiating as a craft and um, promote, just like you are, the positive treatment of each other. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. Yep. And, you know, Brenda's going to come out of retirement. She's going to wear the stripes sometime this year. So I'm, I'm... That is, that's a terrible thought. <laughs> <laughs> Eric, well, thank you very much for your time. It's been a pleasure. I, I wish you lots of success in uh, this new league you've developed. Uh, I hope the school opens up soon so these kids can play athletics. I think it's very important that they do that. It's, uh, in my opinion, it's very crucial uh, a part of growing up. And uh, we just uh, really have a lot of respect for you of what you've accomplished. And uh, we welcome you to come back anytime. We 
uh, that you want. And uh, thanks so much for spending some time with us. Yeah, I really appreciate the opportunity. Thank you very much. Thanks, well, Eric. Well, Brenda, that wraps us up for another week. It's uh, week 17 is over. Week 18 begins next week. We're two weeks away for now, folks. Uh, and we're going to have a little bit of programming change. After week 20, we're going to take some time off and, and uh, just regroup. But uh, we need to hear your response, what you would like us to do. Contact Brenda at brenda at officiallyhuman.com or myself at coach at indianasrn.org. Follow us on Twitter at indianasrn. But just give us a comment what you would like to see for this show. Uh, we got a few more weeks before we get done, but uh, we need your input. That pretty much uh, wraps it up for us, Brendan. Thank you very much. Have a great week. We'll talk to you next week as well, and we'll talk to you next week on Indiana SRN and Behind the Stripes. to Behind the Stripes, a show that supports our officials, athletic directors, coaches, players, and fans by bringing attention to good sportsmanship, strong leadership, selfless teamwork, and respect for others on and off the playing field. Thank you for listening to Behind the Stripes, powered by Indiana SRN. Do you want to hear your favorite team on indianasrn.org? It's easy to do. I'm calling all the play-by-play and colored commentary. High school sports along with U Sport. Mr. Wizard is waiting for your call. Contact him at 317-443-0052. We're ready for every touchdown, basket, and goal. Contact Mr. Wizard, 317-443-0052. You're listening to Indiana SRN, God's Word 24-7 and Sports.